Everlasting Father, we thank you for another opportunity to study your word. We give you praise for everything you've done for us throughout the week. We thank you for how you've been with us. You've been helping us. You've been showing us your mercy. You've been yourself to us. We say thank you, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Even as we start this Bible study, we ask that you be with us. You would let your presence surround us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let your power, O God, surround us. Speak to us through your word. Let us not do this of our own wisdom or and, and power, but help us to do it by your anointing and by your wisdom and by your power. And Lord, let your presence come to speak truth unto us, O oh God. Let your presence show us things that we ordinarily will never see in the word of God, O oh God. Speak your word to us, O oh Lord. Open our eyes, O oh God to see the secrets in your word. Help us to prepare ourselves, so God, for what is ahead of us in the name of Jesus Christ. You said your people perish for lack of knowledge, but Lord, we are asking for this knowledge, God, that as we study your word this evening, oh God, we would have knowledge from your word so that we would not perish, so that we would know how to prepare for what is ahead of us, so God, to deliver your name, prepare us spiritually, maturity-wise, oh God, Prepare us in every area of our lives, O oh God. Prepare us, O oh God, intellectually, O oh God, financially, emotionally, O oh God. Strengthen our faith, O oh God, to the glory of your name. Always protect us and always help us to rely on your protection and on your grace. As we study your word, O oh God, receive the glory. And at the end of the day, we'll have a cause to give you glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name of prayer. Amen. So I welcome everybody and I welcome you, Victoria, to the meeting. In case you're speaking, Victoria, I can't hear you. Let me read it. All right. Okay, let's move forward. Let's see. I'm going to share my screen now and we will take the hymn. So the hymn is Savior, please fail not to call me. And we don't have any instrument out today, so we're going to use the voices that God has given us to, to sing to God. And I want us to pay attention to the lyrics of the song um, while we sing. <clears throat> when strong temptation surrounds me and the world's tempest faced me, Satan comes in like a friend pushing strong for me to fall. Savior, please fail not to call me as thou didst Adam in Eden, saying, Where art thou, O sinner, that I may be saved from rains? When Satan comes with his deceits, showing heights of worldly fame, for my heart to bow and worship, just to gain worldly acclaim. Savior, please fail not to call me as thou did say that in Eden, saying, Where art thou, O that I may be saved from rains? When the devil comes compelling, forcing me thy will to shun, at my right hand stands resisting, falsely cries, it shall be well. Savior, please fail not to call me as thou didst. 
Adam in Eden, saying, Where art thou, O sinner, that I may be saved from ruins? When I'm banned to go my way, to do all my feel and will, when my heart and mind keep panting, neither hot and yet not cold. Savior, please fail not to call me as thou didst Adam in Eden, saying, where art thou, O sinner, that I may be saved from ruins? When all friends and neighbors feel me, and all comforts fly away, they've so rose come over parin like salt grains in tempest seas. Savior, please fail not to call me as thou didst Adam in Eden. Saying, where art thou, O sinner, that I may be safe from ruins? <clears throat> As a dog that no more heareth, the hunter's whistles and calls, I get lost in the world's old mess, hoping never to return. Savior, please fail not to call me as thou didst Adam in Eden, saying, where art thou, sinner, that I may be saved from rain? When my hope and my confidence get reposed in mere idols, when incantations become prayers, and I go chanting around, Savior, please fail not to call me as thou didst. Adam in Eden, saying, where are thou, sinner, that I may be saved from rains? Amen. Amen. So um, this is the hymn we just sang. And I, I think this is how we're going to be singing our hymns these days because <laughs> it's interesting that we get to sing the words and we get to apply it to our lives and we don't just get to listen to other people sing it for us and then try to follow along we are careful to pronounce the words correctly when we sing it ourselves with no instrumental or help anyway so this is a hymn that i want us to continue singing the last verse says that when my hope and confidence get reposed in mere idols Idols, what are idols? Idols can be anything like <sighs> covetousness. Covetousness is idolatry. So if you are always wanting, 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 the worldly things have become your idol. And that is what I discovered this week. And that was why I, my eyes like became wider when I saw idols. So God will help us. Then incantations become prayers. You hear, hear. Words of affirmation, pray. Words of affirmation, words of affirmation for me. Say this after me. All those things. That incantations, actually. And you go around chant, chanting around, and that's not going to save you. Only a relationship with Jesus Christ and how much you know Jesus Christ will save you from this world and from Satan's hands. So I pray that God, Jesus, the Savior, will call us as he called Eden in Eden. Say, where are thou, O sinner? I know you've sinned. I know what you've done. Where are you? I will forgive you. And Adam was saved from rains. And, and I want to share something with us. So Adam was, was saved, was forgiven but he was chased out of the garden. And so 
he got forced um the first step in restoration that's forgiveness the second step is welcoming back to the garden and um in my bible study with my family we discovered that um we discovered that many christians get forgiven but they are not yet restored back to the family of god so they are forgiving their sins but they're still chased out right and when they sin again that is for them and whatever is outside to deal with but god forgave adam his sins and the hope of restoration is jesus christ so these days what the church say is today is come to jesus he'll forgive your sins with no plan of restoration with no plan of helping you live above sin with no plan of the new birth you need the new birth you need after forgiveness after jesus has washed you clean with his blood you can still go back to sin and be dirty again so you need a plan to come back into the garden and remember that god kept angels to guard the garden that anybody coming back would meet with the sword the flimsy sword of fire right so and the sword my god's grace um the sword is the fire, the word of God. It says that the word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing into the bone and marrow. The sword has to cut you. The fire has to cut you in order to come back into Eden. You have to be cut. The, the old man has to be crucified and killed and nailed to the cross. And the new man has to be born in you. And the Holy Spirit have, has to be born in you. That is the only way you can come back into the garden. That is the only way. So if you're listening and you have been forgiven, yes, over and over again. If you don't have the new man living in you, if you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you, there's no way you can live the life of Christ. There's no way you can have eternal life. There's no way. I pray that God will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So let us quickly go to today's lesson. Um, we, we, um, my God's grace, I'll be sharing a diagram which summarizes today's lesson. And I hope to share it probably in the next meeting or before then. But we are going through the series of the end time. And this is a third series. The third series and... The third lesson in the series, I mean. So I told us to write last week, write down the, the, the verses we'll be going through. <clears throat> we'll be going through a series of verses. And and if you if you were not here for the past two meetings. Um, or if you've not listened to the past two meetings, please go on the platforms, Podrum, YouTube, Instagram, and check out End Time, End Time 2, and then this will be End Time 3. So we're in the End Time series, and we have a reading sequence. There are three, there are a bunch of um, uh, verses or scriptures. The first one, so I'll say it again, the first one, which we discussed in the first meeting, is Matthew 24, verse 1 to 15. So Matthew 24, verse 1 to 15 was the first part. We stopped in the first Bible study. Daniel 7, 1 to the end, the second part. And then um, Daniel 8, 1 to the end um, is the third part. Daniel 8, 1 till the end is the third part. And that is what we'll be studying today. And then Revelations 13, 1 to the end. Yes. Revelations 13, 1 to the end. We'll be studying in the next meeting. And then the fifth part is, and I'd like you to write it down if you're not writing down. 
The fifth scripture is 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 1 to 13, Matthew 24, 16 to the end. And we started with Matthew 24, 1 to 15, and we're going to end with Matthew 24, 16 to 42. So those are the six scriptures that we're going to read. And although there are many other verses that explain the end time, we are going to also read those as supporting verses and supporting scriptures. And I pray that God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, yeah, we're going to start from Daniel 8 today. But I will just do a, a brief recap of last meeting where we studied Daniel 7, where Daniel had a dream that he, he had a dream. He saw um, four beasts, terrible, scary. The fourth one was really scary. It had 10 horns. And when 10 horns arose on the, on the head of the fourth beast, and then one other horn came and destroyed three of the 10 horns and took his place. And then um, he, something happened while he was looking at the beast and the, the little horn that took the place of the other three horns had eyes like human and the mouth that spoke blasphemies against God. And he was just there like that. And then on, the, on another part of the dream, he saw the ancients of days coming on a throne whose wheels have fire. The wheels of the throne were on fire and a stream of fire was flowing from the throne. And that was <laughs> an interesting dream. And so the ancients of days were sitting on throne. Thrones were set up and one of the throne was seated the Asian, on one of the throne was seated the ancient of days. And then um, there were thousands and from thousands ministering to him and hundreds of millions of people were standing in front of him and the books were open and the judgment was ready. And here he saw what was going on with the little horn. The little horn was now being killed and destroyed. And if you read your Bible around, um, I think in Revelations, he said that Revelations in Second Thessalonians, which we're still going to read, he said that this little one speaking, this person, this man that is going to come, is going to do terrible things against the children of God, will be destroyed by the brightness of Jesus' coming. So in Daniel, they didn't tell us, in Daniel 7, Daniel did not see what killed the little horn, but the little horn was destroyed. And from other verses, we have seen that the little horn was destroyed by the coming of Jesus Christ. But right after he saw the little horn destroyed, what happened? Somebody started coming towards the ancients of these, and it looked like the son of man. So you see that different parts of the Bible complement um, each other. So let's just keep going. Today, we're going to read Daniel 8. And why did we come to Daniel? We came to Daniel because if you open your Bible to um, so Matthew 24, verse 15, says that I like to read King James Version for this complex revelations because um, it's the King James Version is the direct translation from the, he, the, the, the Hebrew version, right? So it's a direct translation from the Hebrew version. And for the New Testament, it is the direct translation for the Greek. And we don't want English to, to give us synonyms for whatever it's there. We just want the, the direct translation right now. For other times when we don't really know what King James Version is talking about, we can go to other versions or other synonyms for the verses. So now I'm going to put it up and share my screen. Matthew 24, verse 15. And that was the first, we studied Matthew 24 in the first meeting. So verse 15 says that, so when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. So this was where we stopped in the first meeting and we said, okay, Jesus said 
after famine, after, um, and we have seen famine and we're still going to see famine. And we talked about in the first meeting how there was scarcity of baby food. And in the US, and we saw that there will soon be scarcity of some things. And there are famine in some various places in the world. And we've seen earthquakes in various places. We've seen nations rising against nations on the Ukraine and the Russia wars, famines and earthquakes in various places. And, it's, and Jesus said, this is just the beginning. So we have seen the beginning, right? Then handed over, you be handed over to be persecuted in some countries like China and some other countries that people are being persecuted for their faith. And even last week in Africa, um, there was a shooting of Christians in church. So people have been persecuted already. So this is happening. Then many are turning away from the faith. You see some music ministers that have been singing to millions of people and they suddenly say they are, they are, they are homosexual or they, they don't want to serve God anymore or they don't love Jesus anymore. And they, they turn from the faith. And many false prophets and... There are many false prophets deceiving people. And we talked about how there are different kinds of false prophets in previous meetings. So this is why we are going to Daniel, because we have seen all these things happen. And then the gospel is being preached to people in the whole world. And that is the good news. You version just celebrated 5 billion downloads. And that's so awesome. So um, the gospel is being preached to people in the world. Now, the end will come. So we want to know where we are and if we are at the end. So this Jesus is now describing how the end will be. So in Matthew 24, verse 15, he said, before I explain how the end will come, this is part of the end. Go to where? Daniel. He talked about something. When you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes the solution. So he said, when you see this thing spoken by Daniel, then understand. So let us go because this is the next thing that's going to happen after, and that's what we are waiting for because we've seen all these other things that Jesus talked about. So 15, when you see, so what is this abomination that causes solution and spoken of by Daniel? So Jesus told us to go to Daniel and that's why we are here. We went to Daniel last week, Daniel 7, and now we'll be reading Daniel 8. And, oh, sorry, King James Version. But um, let's use King James Version this time. And we're going to read Daniel chapter 8. So I will read the whole Daniel 8 verse 1 to 27. And I have read it before. And I just want you to know that this Daniel 8 is the dream. is actually similar or means the same thing as Daniel 7's, the dream in Daniel 7. So Daniel saw a dream in Daniel 7 talking about the, the little horn, this man of sin, who many people call the Antichrist. He, speaking boastful things against God, was destroyed by Jesus. And we saw how he actually persecuted the Christians for three and a half years. So Daniel told us that in Daniel 7. He's going to persecute Christians for three and a half years. And so that was last dream. Now, this dream in Daniel 8 is similar, but it's to fill in the gaps. Right, So there's so many gaps in this space of time that this, of time of the end. So the end is a time. It has a time frame. And there's so many events. So Daniel 7 is like this part, and then it has some holes. But Daniel 8 will fill in the holes. The revelations will fill in the part until we all get a big picture of how the end will be. So you have to like be in the spirit and follow the trend um, of how everything goes. So this Daniel 8 is, this, is similar to, is the same dream, but more detail about other things that would happen around the time of the end. So we're going to read together now. Daniel 8, verse 1. In the, in the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel. After that which appeared unto me at first, you and I know the vision that appeared unto Daniel at first, which is Daniel 7. Verse 2 says, And I saw in a vision 
And it came to pass when I saw that I was at Shushan in the palace, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in a vision and I was by the river of Ulai. Then I lifted up my eyes and saw and behold, there stood before the river of, sorry, there stood before the river a ram, which had two horns, and the horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward. That means the ram was in the east. That's just what it looks like. Because when a ram is pushing westward and pushing northward and pushing southward, with the brain that God is giving me, it looks like the, the ram is kind of in the east, right? Pushing westward. The west is like U.S., right? I don't want to put names to these things, but let's just picture it. This ram was pushing westward, northward, southward, so that no beast might stand before him. Neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand, and he did according to his will and become, became great. Verse 5. And as, I, and as I was considering, behold, an he goat came from the west, aha, on the face of the whole earth, and touched not the ground. And the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. So there's, there's one horn and, and, and the he goat's head, on the he goat's head between his eyes. And verse 6, it says, And he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing before the river, and ran unto him in the fury of his power. So this he goat is coming from the left, from the west, coming to this ram on the right. And 7, And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with color, Against him. What is Chola? Okay, anger. <clears throat> he was angry. So this goat was moved with anger against the ram and smote the ram and break his two horns, and there was no power in the ram to stand before him. And he cast him out. But he cast him down to the ground and stamped upon him. And there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Verse 8. Therefore the he-goat waxed very great. And when he was strong, the great horn was broken. And for it came up, and for it, for that horn between his eyes, came up four notable ones towards the four winds of heaven. You see that? Four horns. In verse 7, we read about four beasts. So this goat came with four horns. Because the, the one, the horn in front of it was broken, and then four horns came. And then out of them came a little horn. Remember, there was a little horn as well in in, in Daniel 7. So we are seeing, and out of them was a little one, which was exceedingly great towards the south and towards the east and towards the pleasant land. So by the grace of God, I was made to understand that. So verse 8 says, Daniel 8 verse 8 says that the he goat's horn, great horn was broken and four notable horns towards the four winds of heaven came in its space. So four winds of heaven, we have the north. So one horn came going up to the north. One horn came going up to the east. And one horn came going up to the west. And a little horn came, sorry, 
One army came going on to the south. South is down. And the little horn came going on to the west. The west is here. Little horn, west. Okay, west. Okay, so we have west and little horn is from the west. So let us try to relate it to Daniel 7. Daniel 7 said there are four beasts. So let's say if the four beasts are one, two, three, four, that's four kingdoms, right? The little horn's kingdom Remember, if you want to fill in the gap, the little horn's kingdom, there were 10 horns, right? In the little horn's kingdom. When the little one came, it came and broke three of those horns. So just remember where the little one's kingdom is, there used to be 10 kings there. And then verse eight, chapter eight skipped on up to the, ten, the little horn. So it skipped the part that in that Western in that western part of the goat's head, there were 10 hunts initially. Because of Daniel 7, we know this. And then three were broken down, and then a little horn rose in its place. And now in Daniel 8, verse 9, let's read more about this little one. What I know now about this little one is that it is in the west. In Daniel 7, I didn't know that the little one is, this kingdom is the western kingdom. So 9. And out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceeding great towards the south. So it was waxing great. The fame of it was going towards the south, towards the east, and towards the north, towards the pleasant land. And it waxed great, even to the host of heaven. And it cast down some of the host and of the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. Whoa. So this is making me understand that this little horn is doing something that um, we have read about before. Somebody called Lucifer did something. He was, he, he made war in heaven and he cast down the some of the angels in heaven down to the ground. And the angel, Michael, by the power of God, rebuked him and he was sent down to earth. And the Bible says, woe unto earth because the accuser of the brethren is here. We find out in Revelations and some part of that in Ezekiel. Okay. So it just makes me understand that this little horn has the spirit of the devil, right? So this little horn, which works exceedingly great towards the south and towards the east and towards the pleasant land, verse 10, it works great even to the host of heaven. And it cast down some of the host and of the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. So verse 10 makes me understand that this must have been the track record of the little horn. It might not happen. It must, must have happened previously, but I don't know. So let's keep going. This is what this little one is about. This is what he, this is one of the acts. So verse 11 says, yes, he magnified himself even to the priest of the host. And by him, the daily sacrifice was taken away and the place of the sanctuary was cast down. And an host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression. And it cast down the truth to the ground and it practiced and prospered. Now, here is where I tell you that King James Version will confuse you because of the English there, right? So if you want to know more about the synonyms of this English, you can read other versions. I use the Living Bible, right? So it says that, and the host, and an host was given him against the daily sacrifice. What is that? <laughs> By reason of transgression. Is that, is that a sentence? Oh, or maybe my English is not that good because I don't really understand what the sentence means, but God will help us. We can read it in other versions as well, but I want to go through this Daniel 8. So let's go. And it cast down the truth to the ground. I understand this one. It says, okay, the truth is going to be cast down. It's going to be a liar. And who is a liar? That was a liar. So he's going to cast down the truth to the ground. This little one on the West, he 
will cast the truth to God. It's going to be telling lies upon lies upon lies. And it practiced and prospered. So it's going to prosper. So 13, then I heard one saint speaking and another saint said, unto that Satan saint, oh, wait, wait, wait. Then I heard one saint speaking. So when this, I'm seeing this goat, this he goat have all these horns. And then he has a little one on the west. And this little horn um, is doing all those things against God, hauling the stars in heaven down, casting the hosts in heaven down, stamping them down, doing all those things, telling lots of lies, prospering. I then heard in another part where one saint, a child of God, a saint of God, was saying to another saint, One saint was speaking, and another saint said unto another saint, which spake. So a lot of saints were there, were talking to each other. How long shall the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation? Yeah. To give both the sanctuary on, and the host to be trodden under feet. So transgression of desolation. Wait, what? Is this not what Jesus told us to go check out in Daniel 7? Transgression of desolation. So let us see this Daniel 8.13 in another version so that we can know more. Let's try New King James Version. Daniel 8.13, it says... Um, Okay, it still says transgression of the solution. So let's try NIV, New International Oppression. And here, Daniel 8, 13 says, rebellion that causes desolation. I'm looking for abomination. <laughs> Let me try NLT. Daniel 8, verse 13. He called it the desecration that stops the daily sacrifices. So let me see if we can find a version that says abomination that causes the solution. Because that is the um that's the phrase I like to use to explain all this thing. So Matthew 24, 15. Daniel. You know what? I'm going to just go Daniel 8, verse 13. And I'm going to use one app that gives me all the translation without stressing me out. So this is Daniel 8, 13 in all translations. And let's see. So, oh, wow. So, abomination that causes desolation, we shall make again. The abomination that causes desolation is spoken in Daniel 9, which is, is the word, that phrase is used in Daniel 9, or is the same as this, um, as the one in Daniel 8. So, in Daniel 8, they call it a rebellion that causes desolation. So rebellion that causes dissolution, transgression that causes dissolution. Um, in Daniel 9, they call it abomination that causes dissolution, which means that we might also have to read Daniel 9 to understand everything that Jesus told us to go check out. So Matthew 24, 15 says, when you see the abomination that causes dissolution, then you know the end is coming. So we want to know what brings in this abomination. And we are seeing that it is the arrival of this little horn. So everybody, you're a Christian, you're a saint, you're, you want to know more about what's going to happen at the end. Watch out for the little horn. Watch out for that president, that guy that tells lies, that does a lot of things that we'll be talking about now. He's going to persecute the Christian for three and a half years. You're going to hear about it. Everybody's going to hear about it. And that is going to happen before the end, before Jesus comes to take us to heaven. 
So um, Jesus told us himself, Matthew 24, 15, when you see that, know that, understand what's about to happen. And so we are going to um, continue um, since we see that the, the abomination goes, um, is also called the desecration that stops daily sacrifices or the tra- transgression that makes desolate. And then in, we will still read Daniel 9. So let's go back to Daniel 8. And let's continue using our, um, let's use New, New King James Russian this time. I pray God will help us out. And Victoria, I know you're on the line and you can't really talk where, where you are right now, but let me know if you have any question and um, I would answer your question. And feel free to interrupt me whenever um, you have a question or you have a contribution and you want to say something. Thank you. Or you can type in the chat too. So let's keep going. We are in Daniel 8, verse 13. And he said, then I heard a holy one speaking to another holy one. Oh God, we switched versions, I'm sorry. But let's keep going. In the New King James Version, it said, then I heard a saint speaking to another saint, speaking to another saint, saying, how long would the vision be concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation? God told us, watch out for the transgression of desolation. The giving of both the sanctuary to the host to be trampled under foot. So when would these things be? Or how long will it how, how long will all these things be? Right? How long will it be? And he said to me, for 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. So the activities of this bad man, of this little horn, shall be for 2,300 days. And that is, how long is that in years? That is 6.3 years. So for 6.3 years, this little horn will be ruling. And it's going to be ruling for 6.3 years. Doing all this, pulling all the stunts and Part of that 6.3 years will be, as we read in Daniel 7, um, persecution of the saints. Because in Daniel 7, it said that the saints will be persecuted for, let us go there and read it today. Daniel 7.25. So Daniel 7.25, as we read last week, and we were scared a little bit, but God will help us and save us from that time of persecution. He says, he shall speak pompous words against the most high. So that little one shall speak pompous words against God, shall persecute the saints of the most high, shall persecute you and I, and shall intend to change times and lore. And in, in chapter eight, we, we also knew that he trampled the truth. So he's always going to be telling lies and then the saints shall be given into his hand for how long? A time, that's one year, times two years, one year plus two years, and half a time. So that's three and a half years. We will be persecuted by this little horn. Amen. The people that would see the end time will be persecuted by the little horn. If you're a Christian, the Bible says that all who are godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So even if you don't live to see the end time, if, we, if, if God said, okay, he will not come in my lifetime, we will soon be persecuted one way or the other. We'll be persecuted for Christ in our offices, in our work, in the country, in, in, in this life. We will, be, we will be tempted to do what... Um, God has asked us not to do. It might take our livelihood away. It might, it might, and saying no to, to the devil, to the will of evil, might deprive us of enjoyment in life. We might be persecuted, but we have to stand for God. So even if you don't see the persecution of the end time, 
all who are godly in Christ Jesus must suffer persecution one way or the other. Is it the persecution of the end time? Is it the persecution of um, obedience to Christ? We all will suffer persecution. So how much do you love God? Let me know. And remember Peter, in one of our Bible studies, we said Peter, P- Peter told us that suffering for Christ is the highest level of knowing God. So when you suffer for Christ, it means that you know God. That's the highest level of knowing God. And our goal in this life is not to go to church every Sunday. That's not the goal. Is not to um, be the best giver in church or to be, to be seen by the pastor to be very good or let me let me or to to know all the bible verses like cover to cover that's not a goal the goal is to know jesus the goal is to be like jesus that is the goal the goal is to be rich in the knowledge of god because the currency spent in heaven is god god is the currency on earth money is the currency God doesn't care if you have the earthly money. He cares if you have heavenly money, and that is God. God is a currency. You cannot love God and money, and where your treasure is will lie your heart. Put your treasure in heaven where moth and, and, and thieves cannot break in and steal. That is, have your treasure in heaven. The only treasure in heaven is God. There's no money in heaven. So if you're paying your tithes and offering and you think that, uh, that it's going to increase your treasure in heaven. Sorry, that's the... <laughs> oh, my God Almighty. It's not going to increase any treasure in heaven. No matter how much billions you pay for Titan offering, your treasure in heaven will be zero if you don't know God. Your treasure in heaven is the amount of God you know. That is the currency of heaven. Is it that God or money? I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. So knowing God is the most important thing. And yeah, I debate it. So knowing God is the most important thing. And the highest level of knowing God is if you are able to be persecuted for Jesus. And they say, when they say they're about to cut off your neck um, for Christ, either choose God or, I'm sorry, either renounce God or, or cut off your neck. If you can leave your neck to be cut off, you had to be cut off for Christ, then you really know God. You know God. And that is, you really have a relationship with God. That is the highest height of a relationship with God. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so let's keep going. We are in Daniel 8. And in Daniel 8, we just went back to 7 to see how long out of the 6.3 years, out of the 6.3 years, how long will the um, will the little horn persecute the Christians? And we'll continue reading Daniel 8. We'll stop in 13, and I'll share my screen now. And if you want to watch the video version of this podcast or Bible study, go to the Podrum app, and that is where the video version is hosted and i also that's my first choice for the visual video version and i also host it on youtube this is daniel 8 we stopped at 13 then i heard a holy one speaking and another one said to that holy one who was speaking how long would the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation the giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled on the foot and he said unto me, for 2,300 days, then the sanctuary will be cleansed. Whoa. So this is going to be happening for 6.3 years. Out of the 6.3 years, since we persecuted for 3.5 years. And what will happen? The sanctuary will be cleansed. And in Daniel 7, we saw that the sanctuary was um, we, we saw in Daniel 7 that this little horn was speaking against God and saying a lot of things and persecuting the Christians, and he was suddenly destroyed. And with the verses as we have been coming, we know that um, who destroyed the little horn 
it was destroyed by the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, with the brightness of his coming on the clouds. So does that mean that after the 6.3 years, the rapture will take place? So does that mean that after the 6.3 years, the rapture will take place? Let's keep reading. And I pray God will help us. This is where we're going to stop for today. And we stopped at Daniel 8.14. After 6.3 years, the sanctuary will be cleansed. I pray that God will help us. So right now, we're going to pray. And what are we going to pray about? We're going to pray that God will prepare his children all over the world for this end time. God will prepare his children for the end time. This is a time where the saints of God need to be strong in their faith, need to be strong in their knowledge of God. If Peter said that persecution for Christ is the highest level of knowing God, that means that Christians have to do a crash course and catch up quickly and know God a lot to get to the highest level to be able to suffer persecution instead of me renouncing God. So let's pray, Lord, help me to know you more and more. Speedy my knowledge of you. Help me to know you more and more in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know how you help me do that. But Lord, let it start from helping me to be born again. If you're not born again right now and you're listening and you're watching, you know what it means to be born again right now. It means that after Jesus has forgiven you and washed you clean with his blood, that's forgiveness. It means that God gives birth to the new life in you, giving you the water of life. That, is being, that means being born of water. Then the Holy Spirit being born in you, that is being born of the Spirit. You need to be born of water and the Spirit. So say, God, please forgive me my sins. I am sorry. I come to you, oh God. You know me well. You know all the ways I've sinned against you. Forgive me and wash me clean with your blood. And Lord, not only forgive me, O oh God, also restore me back into the garden in the name of Jesus. Restore me by cutting me with a sword. I, I release myself for the flaming sword to cut me. I release myself for, for, for God to nail my old man, this old man that loves to sin, nail it to the cross of Christ. And I release myself for God to give birth to this water of life in me, this new life in me in the name of Jesus. I release myself to the Holy Spirit to give birth to the Spirit of God in me so that I will be born again, so that I will begin to live the eternal life and know God and Jesus Christ and have eternal life, even here on earth in the name of Jesus. Help me to start living the life that you have destined me to live in the garden and not living outside the garden in Jesus' name. I ask in Jesus' name. And Lord, even as I continue my journey to knowing you, help me to maintain my relationship with you. Feed this new man, this baby new man in me with the word of God, with prayer, with constant fellowship with you, God. Help me to pray in the morning, in the afternoon, in the night, read my Bible, speak to you in prayer, God. Help me to do all those things, God, so that I would know you better so that I will know what your word is saying concerning my life and my situation, so that I will know you more, oh God. I ask in the name of Jesus. Let's pray this prayer right now. Ask God to prepare us for that time because we need to know God more to the extent that we can stand for him when we are faced with him, choosing him and our physical life. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, help us, oh God, to know you more. We thank you, God, because you prepare us in Jesus' mighty name. Be afraid. Amen. Secondly, I want us to pray for the world right now. So we talked about something called condition of peace. Condition of peace is what the devil has given, um, has presented since God has allowed us to stay on this earth without battling the devil yet. The conditions of peace is the evils that we see around us. Let's pray that. Our stand, our stand as God has revealed to us as Christians is to hide in the secret place of the Most High. When we hide in the secret place, 
of the Most High who will abide under his shadow and the condition of peace will not touch us. Mass shooting will not touch us. Diseases will not touch us. Violence, evil, and all the things that the devil has planned for this period of time will not touch us. So let's pray. God, help me to hide in the secret place. Help me to hide in your word. Let me to Help me to hide where you are in the name of Jesus Christ. Help me to abide under the shadow of the Almighty, away from the evils that are passing right and left, passing around me, O oh God, to and fro. Help me to hide under the shadow in the name of Jesus Christ. We hide behind the cross of Christ, O oh God. And we also bind the powers of the darkness that are causing all these evils, mass shooting, violence, <clears throat> death, <clears throat> evil or around us to God. We say the Lord rebuke them in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, because you will keep your own children, God. You will keep the saints, the holy people of God. You will keep us safe from this evil. We will not partake in the evil that, that are going around in the name of Jesus Christ. We will not partake in the plans of the devil. We will not put forth our hands to sin. We will not go out of the camp. We will not go out of your shadow, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Help us, oh God, keep us safe, we ask. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. So now I'm going to bless our week. I pray that God will help us in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your word that we've read. Your word that has been very inspirational to our lives, informing us more, filling the gaps of all the events of the end time. We ask that you, by yourself, speak to us, oh God. Even as we go back to our homes and read Daniel 8 again, even as we go back to our work and meditate on what we have read as we work, help us to get better revelation of what will happen. Help us to be able to relate it to what is happening right now so that we can understand the times and get prepared for this period of this little horn in the name of Jesus Christ. Give us the grace of God to be wise as serpents and bold as a lion and yet gentle like doves, oh God, in this world. Give us the grace to take advantage of the power in the name of Jesus, the power that can protect us, the power that can defend us, the power that can save us from sin. Help us to take advantage of the power to say no to sin when we are tempted, oh God to read our Bibles, to, to bust into prayer and tongues. Oh Lord, whenever we are tempted, oh God, give us the grace to flee, run away from temptation, oh God, to leave the place of temptation, oh God, and, and, and stand firm, oh God. Help us, oh God, to overcome sin, oh God, and know you better and love you better, oh God. Help us to take advantage of this power that is already available to every born-again child of God, oh God, so that we can live above sin in this world in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the one that don't yet have the power to say no to sin, that you will help them to be born again in Jesus' name. Thank you because you will bless our week, oh God. You will supply all our needs. So the good news that we're expecting, oh God, they would come and we will have cause to dance and give you praises in Jesus' name. All the, all the plans that we have, we committed it to your hands that you will make them successful in the name of Jesus. You will favor us at our jobs, oh God. We will be relevant, we will be, we will be outstanding, and we will be irreplaceable, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray that you would supply all our needs according to your riches and glory, oh God. You would favor us in everything we labor our hands on will prosper in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, because you bless us with divine health, oh God. Divine health, you would, your blood will flow through our bodies to heal everything that is going wrong, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And you heal us, oh God. You speak healing unto our hearts, oh God. Speak healing unto our minds, oh God. Our mental health, oh, you heal in Jesus' name. You would teach us when, when to rest, oh God. You teach us when to, to, to retreat, oh God, and read your word pray so that we can be revived in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we give you praise to God because you are God. We thank you, God, because you continue to help us and move us forward. And when you come, we'll be found in heaven. We will not be lost to hell. The devil will not be able to trick us and we will not fall into his traps in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive the glory ancient of days in Jesus' mighty name. We have prayed. Amen. 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 You're blessed, Victoria. Thank you for joining today. Really, no yeah. problem. Thank you. That was such a wonderful sermon that you gave over there. Keep up the good job and God bless you so much.
God bless you too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Have a great day. You too. Have a blessed weekend. Have you ever listened to a podcast and thought about what other listeners are saying about that episode? Have you ever thought about giving feedback and interacting with the host of a favorite podcast? Podroom is a podcast player and chatroom platform for the podcast communities. Join millions of similar podcast listeners and interact with like minds on the Podroom app. It's a social networking platform with over 750,000 audio and video podcast content. It's available on the Play Store and App Store. Download Podroom now to enjoy this episode.